Welcome to the second Mom Fears My Podcast. My name is Mike, and this is my father, Alan. Hello there. And uh, it always feels weird, actually, now that I think about it. Just referring Call to you as... your father? No. <laughs> <laughs> referring to you as Alan. You do know something I don't know. <laughs> I have all lots of new information for you tonight. Oh, good, good. No, no, it always, even though, even though I don't address you as Alan, it always, it always feels weird to just add that in, like, and I mean, to introduce you to my father, Alan, because it's, I mean, maybe it's also because my older brother is Alan, and I just always associate that name with him. And your grandson is Alan, or my, not your grandson, right, my grandson. Your grandson. Two grandsons, as a matter of fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. So, I don't. I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's just an association thing or, or what. I had I actually had several friends in high school who um, who called their parents um, by their first name, and and I always thought, I mean, obviously I always thought it was a little weird just because it was not what I was used to. It, it did not. Mm. It wasn't what I grew up with. I had a couple too, but that was really weird back then. Yeah, that was really weird. I believe it. Yeah, and never, and they never treated uh, most of them. Didn't treat their parents with any less respect than I treated you. It just so happened that they called them by their first names. So yeah, I was wondering actually if anybody ever, or if you ever, even I can think I can think of two. I can think of two people that use their parents' first names. Had to had to get that through my head at the time. Right. You know. Did you even like? I can't imagine you even dressed adults by their first name. Oh no. Because oh, that's no. kind of how you were. No, you us. were you were you were taught not to. You know. Yeah. You taught to respect your elders. Right. My mother always told me, "Don't talk to the adults like they were kids, like they were friends of mine. Talk to the adults like they're adults." Right. You know, and you you don't talk about stupid things. <laughs> you know. You, t- you talk about you know what did I do in school today? No, you don't do that. You know, you talk to adults, and we had a lot of adults because we had the game farm. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of people. Oh my gosh. A lot of people, someone with a lot of money, too, that were really well-refined. Right. And you didn't talk to them like they were morons, you know. Right. Or your peers, because they weren't. You talked to them on their level. You tried to, anyway, even as a kid, according to my mother. Right. <laughs> I was way more prepared for this podcast than the last one, but now I want to talk about the game farm. Oh. But maybe we'll have to come back oh, to you that. Can go. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have pictures. Oh, you can't see them. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always, because uh, the game farm, uh, the Han game farm, I I never grew up with, because you, you guys had me after Pop-Up sold the game farm and after you moved away, but my older brother and sister both at least spent some time on the game farm, and it was it was 80, eight, I don't know, can you describe it? What? The, just to like, describe what the game farm was, the, the property that where you grew up? Well, it was 106 acres when my father bought the place in 1957. It was already a game farm, had been for two years. The The guy's wife that owned it wouldn't stay there. She kept going back to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> she kept running back to Philadelphia to be with her friends. Right. So um, he, sold a, he sold the farm as is, 106 acres. Um, not sure anymore whether it was pheasants in the pens, but there may have been. Um, we raised pheasants for city hunters to come out and shoot. And that's what we did. You know, that's what. Well, that's what my mom and I did. Right. When I was in school, I was nine years old. We bought the place. You know. Right. And all pheasants. All pheasants. It was just pheasants. Okay. Occasionally we'd get a couple quail, but but not not really. We got four turkeys one time, and that was a bust. Four <laughs> wild turkeys. That was a bust. 
and that's what we did. We did, my mother actually ran the business, always had somebody, always had some local guy there to uh, walk out in the field with the guys. This was open six months a year, and later it was open longer than that, but I was already grown then. Right. But six months a year, we hunted pheasants. You know, when the pheasant season was two weeks or four weeks or whatever it was at the time. Right. So. And how many acres was it? 106. 106. And nine perches. Oh, my God. You have to look up what a perch is. That's yeah. Your, I, that's your homework for the next podcast. <laughs> okay. Look up what a perch is. I will. I will. Yeah, that's, I mean, that must have been incredible because it's not, I mean, I grew up in Oxford and it's not like Oxford's even more uh, populated and, and bigger, at least in the town and, and the surrounding developments than it was when I was growing up. But uh, it's still, it still feels like farmland. And you were an only child. Being an only child oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. on 106 acres, mm-hmm. I don't know how I would have been lost. And they left I, a military jeep behind. And they left... A 1943 military jeep. <laughs> so I learned to drive real early. Real early. <laughs> that sounds so awesome. This is so amazing. Yeah, I, uh, you took me out there to shoot a couple times. Just shoot um, two liters and, you know, target shoot with the uh, 22s and stuff like that when I first got first got my 22. So I only ever saw, you know, that little bit of the of the property. Right. But right. Yeah, and that was uh, pretty gorgeous. The guy my dad sold it to, he tried it for a few years. I, I don't actually know how many. And then he was not well. So uh, he gave up the... He gave up the game farm part of it and just lived on a country estate, let's say. Right. Lived on a country estate. And he had sold off, he sold off pieces here and there. Right. To some of the neighbors. So it was nowhere, nowhere near 106 acres anymore. Electric company bought 13 acres back in the early 70s. Right. 106. It was Chester County? Oh, it was Chester County. Chester County. 106 acres in Chester County. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'd all be rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're not. And we're not. <laughs> and we're not. No. So. But that's okay. Spiritually. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. So what What kind of people came? You said you had some some people with money who oh, would come to people hunt with people money. from all over? A lot of people with money. Yeah. They, uh, the chairman of the board of STP came out. He hunted there usually once a week. Oh, my God. He was from Wilmington. And he came up and he would hunt once a week. He came out dressed. He'd change his clothes into his hunting clothes. He'd shoot his four birds or whatever, leave them behind, and pick up the ones he shot last week out of our freezer. We froze the birds for him until the next week. He'd change his clothes, pack his guns in his trunk, and, and go back to being chairman, chairman of the board of STP. He sat on the board of directors of um, University of Delaware, and he was uh, on the board of International Latex, which was... Playtex bras. Right. And at the time, girdles. <laughs> Playtex girdles? What's a girdle? <laughs> so basically, he he doesn't have any money anymore is what you're saying. I, he probably has. Yeah, he probably has. <laughs> He's totally He probably poor. has no oxygen anymore. He was old at the time. <laughs> oh, okay. And this was uh, 20-some years ago already. And they the, did anybody ever stay? You were only allowed to shoot four a day or something like no, that? No, no. You your minimum was oh. four. You could shoot as many as you wanted. As many as you wanted to pay for, you could oh. shoot. Oh, was okay. four. You had to take four or else it wasn't worth, you know, right. getting out in the field, really. Because they were cheap at the time. And was there a place for them to stay? Because it was a pretty big farmhouse. Was there places where people could stay over? Were there guest rooms? No, like nobody, any- nobody stayed over. There was a, there was a, a converted chicken coop we called a clubhouse. <laughs> which had a which had a bathroom in it. It had a had a heater in it, and uh, uh, 
one of those sandwich machines where you put the, probably nobody remembers Stewart sandwiches, but they used to put the sandwiches in a little thing like a microwave, except it was a toaster oven. You could get that. My wife, my wife, my mother would make, well, my wife too. My mother would make homemade vegetable soup and ham sandwiches <laughs> with lettuce. That's a hunter sandwich from now on. <laughs> a ham sandwich, boiled ham sandwich with lettuce on it is a hunter sandwich on a Kaiser roll. That's awesome. So, Go to the deli next time, order a hunter sandwich, and see what you get. <laughs> and they ate lunch, and they sat around, and they shot the bull, you know, while the birds were being cleaned. My mother, God bless her soul, cleaned all the pheasants. Every, every bird that was Every shot. bird. Oh, my God. I mean, I helped what I could until right. I grew up, and then I did it. Your mother did it. You know, we cleaned all the birds. A thousand a year went out of there. And we just, you know, raised them, put them out in the field, and... Guys came in and shot them. That was all there was to it. That's so yeah. amazing. Like that would be such that would be such a growing up like that. And it's just not not because it's like so strange. It's just another one of those things that's just kind of out of the ordinary yeah. and is a sweet little jewel to have come from. It sounds like the slaughter of the innocents, but it's, these <laughs> these guys actually <laughs> had opened the cages, opened and started shooting. Yeah, so, yeah, there was some of that, but, <laughs> but these guys had nowhere else to hunt. They were from they were from Philadelphia. They were from Wilmington. They right. were from Delaware County. They were from. No locals ever hunted out there. No, right. Nobody from around here. I can't think it's of... because they were all in their own farmland. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of 10 people from around here that, that hunted out there, actually. That's so cool. And uh, another guy was another guy was a, was on sat on the board of Time Magazine. And he came out. He came out dressed the same way, too. Changed his clothes, went out and shot Bernie Perrant. Really? Goalie from the goalie yeah. from the Philadelphia Flyers. Came out twice. Has a brother from Canada. <laughs> and he's, he's his uh, agent and uh, somebody else from the front office of the team, not the team. Nobody else from the team ever came out. Right. But Bernie Perrant was an avid hunter and, you know, was out there twice, I can remember. And uh, well, like I said, with his brother. Oh, his father was first time. First time he was out, he was with his father. Pretty good age then. And he hunted too and his brother hunted. And they all, you know, they all got their birds and they all, he's a great guy to talk to. I had a guy that used to come out early in the morning, four or five o'clock in the morning, he'd come out. He'd park his car in in the driveway, wait till it got light, and go out in the field and go hunting. Now there was we don't re, we don't release any pheasants when nobody's awake. <laughs> when we weren't awake, we didn't release any pheasants. He'd walk around till somebody got up. We recognize his car, go out and put some birds out, and he would he would hunt those then, you know. And he had a grand time, and the one time he decided not to come to the house. He'd, he'd come out every every couple months. He wasn't a regular guy, but he'd come out every couple months. One time, he parked out on Route Ten, a mile from the mile from the game farm. He must have been really early that day, because he knew the dogs would bark if he came out. We had dogs for the hunters too, by the way. He parked out on Route Ten and slept in his car. And somebody finally came along and tried to raise him, and somebody had shot him through the window of the car actually killed him on route 10 oh my god yep yep that was weird's not even close to what it was <laughs> no. weird is not anywhere near what it was but that was that was i i don't know whatever happened i don't know whatever happened to it i never heard the, the outcome He's of just it randomly shot while sleeping in his car then there was a, then there was something about a married woman and oh. you know it's <laughs> maybe possibly not totally that's randomly. why <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no names no names Possibly he, uh, you know, as he, as he slept in the car, the husband ran across him. Right. And that seems to be the consensus is that it was a That's wild. irate husband. But 
Yeah, that was that's the only one we ever had killed <laughs> real close. <laughs> so, so if you ever come to the game farm, no, well, no game farm anymore. No. So where? How did they? How did you release the the pheasant? Pheasants were all in cages, and because I can't imagine they were hunting right next to the house, even if they knew not to aim no, towards the, pens, the house. There had to be the pheasant pens would hold like. Uh, and these were all shotguns. It was all all shotguns. No yeah. rifles. Yeah, it's shotgun, yeah. Pheasants. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long range. The snipe rifle. the pheasants. <laughs> snipe the pheasant. Um, the pheasants were all in in pens. Uh, probably four hundred a pen when it was full. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and we'd take uh, we'd go in with a long handle fishing net <laughs> and get get the birds in the get the birds in the net and put them in a little crate a crate was like a actually it were converted potato crates at the time a sliding door in the front um and we'd go out with the jeep and take the birds one at a time and put them in the fence row and once they hit the ground they were stunned being out of the pen they weren't right they weren't used to being outside they weren't used to being outside they didn't know what was going on you drop them there, and they'll usually usually they ended up right there or thereabouts. You know, I mean, they'd walk right. around a little bit. Yeah, but they're not they're not taken off like a shot. You know, like a no, but they're not they're not bound and gagged either. You know, they're not tied up out right. there. But sometimes they walk off. Sometimes one would fly when you tried to drop it, but you tried to lean around the jeep and drop it so it landed on the ground in the briars or in the bush or whatever, right. you know, whatever it was. And then they'd go out and hunt and uh, kill. You know. Say you put four birds in a hedgerow, they might kill three, miss one, and then they have to chase it around, which is where the hunting came in, which is where the dogs came in. Oh, the dogs would point them anywhere, you know. The, right. dog, the dogs, the dogs we raised, we raised German short hair pointers. They were bred to hunt. That's all. Period. And they they would go out and hunt in the field for all day, and that's what they lived for. Huh. But they you could walk past the pen with them, and they wouldn't pay any attention whatsoever. Really, that was a great thing. It wouldn't pay any attention whatsoever to the birds in the pen. I never figured that out. Once in a while, you get a crazy dog, but people could bring their own dogs, too. Right. And once in a while, you get a crazy dog that thought he could go through the wire to get the pheasants, you know. <laughs> but uh, our dogs, the dogs that were there, they were they were kenneled right next to the pheasants, actually. Huh. We had a six, six-run kennel right next to the... Maybe they're just, because they're raised hunters, it's, it's like the predator. There's no, yeah. <laughs> if there's no sport in it, yeah. they don't care. Yeah, right. It's not worth it. The one we had when we moved out there, somebody gave us a, somebody gave us a German Weimaraner. Now, this dog was half again the size of the biggest German Shepherd I'd ever seen. This dog stood up on his hind legs, came, came put his feet on my father's shoulders, and was a whole head above his head. So the dog probably standing <laughs> up was probably seven feet tall. <laughs> And this was a huge Weimaraner. Now, he's the one we used to take into the pen because the, the mice and the rats used to like to get near the pheasant food. Okay. And they would live underneath the feeders. They had big, round, 100-pound, 150-pound feeders inside the pen. And they never bothered the birds, and the birds never bothered them. But let's face it, they're a pain in the ass. Right. <laughs> no, rats running around. Just sick the Weimaraner yeah, on it. And they never came to the house or anything. They were, they wanted to feed. You know, they wanted the corn. They wanted the pheasant food. And uh, we could take that dog in the pen, and he would chase a rat through a half a dozen pheasants to get the rat and never once look, never look a second time at the pheasants. This dog was, this dog was amazing. It was an amazing dog. It was a smart dog. That was Chip. Chip? I Chip was going to say, I was going to ask what the name was. Chip was his name. And we had him back in Springfield, and he was half the size of the backyard in Springfield. He loved being <laughs> on 106 acres, believe me. He yeah. loved it. Why did, why did Pop-Up eventually sell it? He lost it when my mother died. And uh, 
Um, had a friend that was in real estate, friend of a uncle of mine, so-called uncle. They weren't really, you know, you called right. aunt and uncle this <laughs> and aunt and uncle that, and they weren't really related. But we, one of the boys had a girlfriend who was in in uh, real estate, and she talked him into selling the place. Everybody always says don't sell a don't sell a house right away. Wait a year, you know. And one of the when one of the partners dies, they say wait a year before you sell the house. Think right. it over, you know. And he didn't. So that was uh, that was 1977. So we went 57 to 77. We did 20 20 years of game farming. That's that's an awesome run, though. Yeah, it was a good run. It was a good <laughs> run. It may still be there. I might still be there if the ground was still there. How old How old were you? When you left, when 77? 30? I would have been uh, 29. 29. Yeah, 29 or 30, yeah. 29, probably 30, yeah. I was nine we moved there, so 29. Kind of broke my heart, but... I believe it. It wasn't in my name, so right. what could I do about it? I mean, it yeah. breaks my heart, and I never even saw the place yeah. until I was visiting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. even even just the concept of it is amazing. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite one of my favorite stories that you told me, and this is another one of the reasons why I love being able to talk to you and being able to record it in podcast is it a lot of things that stories that you told me when I was younger, I'm always not sure if I remember them right, you know. Um, but I, I do remember you telling me that my older brother Alan got attacked by a goose once. Is that correct? Yeah, let me embellish. Okay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the goose the goose people kept bringing animals to us. <laughs> Let me back this up a bit. Let me back this up. People kept bringing animals because we had all this, I had all this room. On my, my, my Christmas, my, my 10 years old, my mother and father got me a horse. Black and white paint pony, about three quarters the size of a real horse, but he could run like the wind. And he didn't like people riding him. Now, nobody told, nobody told him at the time that he didn't like people riding him. Right. The horse, there was five acres in front of the house that was fenced off, and the horse stayed out there. So everybody that came out saw the horse. Oh, walk up to the fence. The, fence. the horse would walk up to you and eat grass out of your hand, eat corn, eat apples. And oh, we loved apples. You know, take eat an apple out of your hand. Don't try and ride him, though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try and ride this son of a bitch. <laughs> no, don't try and ride. I named him Thor. Very aptly named. I found out after we tried to ride him. But then somebody would come out and say, oh, I got a friend that's got a horse. It doesn't can't keep it. He's got it lives in lives in Oh no. Lives in Joyzy or somewhere and can't keep the horse. Can we bring it out? Oh yeah, go ahead, bring it out. He'll eat grass, we'll get him some oats. I was gonna say that costs a lot of money though to feed a horse. Well, not you know Maybe not when you're living yeah, on a well, game you know, farm. You're, but... you're living at a farm and your neighbors have hay and and the gray we have five acres of grass <laughs> you know, and a stream running through it. You didn't have to worry about oh, water, I, you didn't I have to so. worry about about food in the you know, give him a few ears of corn, which we could get from the neighbors, and a bale of hay every now and then. So at one time, we had, we actually had four horses there at one time. Some of them were old, some of them were getting ready to be put down, and instead of putting them down, they asked us if we wanted them. So we ended up one time, we had Thor, we had a, we had a big swayback. Here, you kill this horse. <laughs> yeah, big, big swayback horse named Melody. It was a male, it was a gelding, but it was a male, and I always thought Melody was really <laughs> really wussy name for a male horse. But, but, uh, and it was a black workhorse with the Clydesdale feet. You know, one of those, uh-huh. not really a Clydesdale, but it had it was a big draft horse. And had feet were like 13 inches across. Oh <laughs> the hooves were 13 inches across. And we had a Shetland pony. So the Shetland pony, everybody could ride but me. I was too big to ride the Shetland pony. 
And when we uh, when we finally left, these four horses sound like a superhero team. By the way, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Okay. yeah, right. Yeah, Thor, Thor, Melody. Mm. Back to the goose. Every everybody brought everything out there. We had dogs dropped off. Yeah, people bring out dogs. People bring out ducks because we had the pond. The pond was right there. The ducks would go down, sit on the pond, and fly away sooner or later. You know, or something would something would sneak up on them at night. Somebody brought a goose out and. It would walk around on the yard. It would sleep with the dog. It's probably the one that jumped on jumped on Alan at some point. He would get up with you and he'd try and flop you with his wings. <laughs> we called it flopping you. At night or dusk, he would walk up to the top of the hill where the pheasant pens were. He'd run hell-bent down the hill as fast as a goose can run, set his wings, and float down to the pond. <laughs> he'd, he'd set his wings. He'd run That's down awful. the hill. He'd get a head start going down the hill. He was larger than your average goose, as you might imagine. Right. He's getting fed everything else that's laying around. And so he would set his wings and float down, just drift down to the, down to the pond, hit the pond. In the morning, you'd, he'd walk up, and you could hear him hunk as he walked up from the pond in the morning. <laughs> he'd walk up, hang around the back porch all day, sleep with the dog, sleep with, <laughs> with Schmeckle. <laughs> he'd sleep with Schmeckle, the dog. And uh, finally, um, finally, a guy came to hunt with a standard poodle. Which, incidentally, were actually hunting dogs at one time. Standard poodles were hunting dogs way back before they got to be pretty. And the standard poodle grabbed, we called it Mother Goose. Finally grabbed Mother Goose and broke too much inside her. We couldn't do anything about it. Oh, so. no. So the goose, uh, goose bought the farm, so to speak. <laughs> the goose bought the farm. But he would have been the one that jumped on Alan when Alan was a kid. Because the kids would chase him around and he'd run away. But then he'd come right back. I don't remember the actual the actual incident, but but all kinds of animals they dropped off. Oh my lord, we had so many dogs. We ended up with so many dogs. Uh, well, that's that's. It was good times. It was good times. Pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. Just in I general, don't... I'm sorry that it's uh, that it's gone out of the family. Oh but, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty an amazing story. And... Yeah. You're not alone there. You're not <laughs> alone there. Other than that, I don't know. Kept a jeep when we sold the place. I kept a jeep. And I made a mistake of letting him, let my dad take it down to North Carolina, and he was going to fix it up. And next thing I know, the Jeep is gone. Uh, my dad's sick, and uh, nobody knows where, no one knows where the Jeep ended up. So I should have kept it. I, I wanted to keep it, and I broke down, and I said, yeah, go ahead, take it down. He wanted something to do after he retired. So uh, he was going to work on the Jeep, and uh, got so sick that, and, and that he think, I think, uh, my mother hadn't been dead. I think the woman he was living with talked him into getting rid of the Jeep because it was just something else that right. she could spend the money for. You oh, know. man. Yeah. But that, that's, that's all water under the bridge. I had I had 20 years of driving it around, so I guess that was all right. That's pretty cool. You were yeah. really nine years old when you started driving? I had nine or ten when I started driving it, yeah. I had to, well, uh, I guess when you have 106 acres, yeah, there's, yeah. there's nobody gonna, to hit. It's what do you not... do, you know? You can't, <laughs> you know, you can't, hit, can't run down too many people. I can't uh, even imagine I could I could reach the pedals back then. Well, I had two. I had a pill. I had a big cushion underneath me, and I had a cushion behind my back so I could get <laughs> close enough to the pedals. It was a god awful three speed on the floor, three speed uh, transmission stick. So it had a clutch. Obviously, it's a forty three. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I learned to drive on was the military jeep, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's awesome oh yeah i loved it do you remember i remember the first time getting into the truck when we had a pickup truck right outside the research club 
where okay. mom was teaching exercise right, yeah. and managed to, because you could do it back then, in sure. the, whatever it was, the mid-80s, managed to put it into neutral and rolled backwards one foot into the car behind me. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I couldn't remember if you guys knew that or found it out because I remember all I did was put it back in park, get out, close the door, and went back inside <laughs> and sat down. But that was the extent of my experience driving when I was nine years old. Well, no, you don't know. <laughs> Back in the day, you didn't have to do nine things before you get the car started. <laughs> Step on the brake, adjust the mirror, hook your belt, you know. No. What's that noise? What's that buzzing? Uh, no, you just reach up and grab the gear shift and pulled it from park into neutral. Right. And that's what happened. That was a 70, that was a 72 Chevy pickup. Mom was inside. We were leaving. We were on our way out, and I was playing outside in the street and just decided to get in the pickup truck because it was unlocked because you didn't lock your door, you know. Yeah. And managed yeah, to you weren't on street playing play, play no, on, on the street. No, not on the street. Not on the street. I mean outside <laughs> okay, on okay. the sidewalk. That guy, they'll come arrest me or something. <laughs> I was I was laying on the double yellow line. On oh the yeah, street. there we go. Yeah, there we go. No, but I, just that I was outside playing and like the how how quickly that happened because I probably didn't mean to even put it in neutral. I'm sure. And the fact that there was a car behind me probably saved me from rolling because that's that's not a short hill either that goes it's not a steep hill but the road slopes for a while i could and i was not it's not like i could reach the brakes either so i might have been rolling for a long time and that whole i always knew that you guys worried about us but that's a part of fatherhood that i never expected to the extent that it is trying to keep the kids from killing themselves and (laughs) well there's that like there's that is is a full-time job it is it's just terrifying how easily so many things growing up could have just been the last thing you ever did. Could go wrong, sure. Yeah. A lot of stuff can go wrong, you know. I mean, there's a, you know, there's there's firecrackers, there's ladders, there's, well, in our house, there was always guns. Right, um, yeah. Any number of things that can yeah, ruin, re- ruin your day. I remember being really, kid. really respectful of the guns. Not, it, I wouldn't say it was, it was all fear. Like, you made sure to, the rules were very well understood. Yeah. That it did not touch, attempt to operate, even a gun that looked like it was in disrepair, even yeah. one that had been yeah. taken apart, yeah. you still didn't play with it and touch it. You know that's why you. That's why I got you toy guns. The rule of thumb was the rule of thumb was every gun was loaded. Right, right. A lot of people got killed by unloaded guns. Oh, this gun's unloaded. Well, maybe it wasn't. You right. Know, maybe they took the clip out. Maybe they. Maybe there was one in the magazine yet when they took the other six out or whatever. You know. Right. Or does when you turn the cylinder, you took out five instead of six. You know, when you put shotgun shells through the gun, maybe you took out two, not three. And that's just don't treat every gun like it's loaded. That was that was the that was the rule of thumb. Every gun is loaded. A lot of people were killed with unloaded guns. Right. So you just have to you know you have to beat that into your kids. I had it beaten into me, not physically, but. <laughs> My ears. I wasn't sure. My ears. No, well, that was a different time. No, my ears. My ears were bleeding from every gun is loaded. Period. Right. Every yeah. gun's loaded. Well, it was good because I got to. I got a chance to. You know, you let me hold them and you let me touch them when when you knew that it was safe and you know you taught me how to how to take it and how to hand it back and all that kind of stuff and that ease into it wasn't a so fascinating that I had to go down and touch them. Right. And I mean, sometimes like Josh and I would go down there and we would play with the ones that were just frames and look at all of them, but it was. It was, for lack of a better term, it was the fear of God that kept yeah. us from oh, yeah. touching them. Oh yeah, because it was, you know, it was just... like anything else. For instance, there was a there was always a candy dish somewhere in the house. 
and you could have candy if you wanted it. Now here again, I'm an only child, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a, you know wasn't like a big deal or anything. You didn't have to fight for it. You didn't have to fight for candy, <laughs> so you knew you could get you knew you could get candy. So you eat a couple pieces of candy. The next day, well, you eat one piece of candy. The next day, he said, candy again, you know. And it's one of those things. The candy dish always sat in the house. I can remember it back in Springfield. I can remember candy dish always sitting around a farm. Up to this day, I probably don't eat. I probably I probably don't eat ten pieces of candy in a year. <laughs> right. Because I always had always had uh, access to it. I always had access. Same way with guns. Right. The temptation was gone. The temptation's gone. You know, you learn you learn about these things, and you learn to respect them. Um, you know, making candy and guns go the same way, uh, <laughs> the same thing is you know really impressive. But the idea is, the idea is once you once you get used to something, you don't keep guns away from kids. You 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 teach them the right way to do it. Right. You know. Don't touch that gun. Don't, don't, don't you ever touch that gun. There'd be no guns in this house. If he finds a gun out on the street, you're gonna be in trouble. Right. You know, if he's never been allowed to allowed to use a gun or see a gun or touch a gun, could very easily get in trouble. Could very easily get in trouble. That is, you're probably not surprised, but that is not a perspective that a lot of people share these days. Oh, I know it isn't. Oh, I, I guarantee you it isn't. You know, <clears throat> I, I guarantee you. Yeah, I still have. I still have that same. Um, I mean, I don't own many guns. I have a shotgun. That's it. But yeah, I told I told my wife the same thing, like that just it's important to me that it's not taboo because then the wow factor is there and then you don't know the first time that one of his friends has access to a gun in there. I've never held one, let me touch it, and then and that's it, you know, that's the end. Um there was even there was even a time as far as gun safety. Didn't you break a neighbor's BB gun once? A BB gun? A BB gun because of Alan? Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't break it. His father. Oh, it was his, his father. I his see. Father. I always thought it was you. This is all. We're old school people. <laughs> and the next door neighbor shot Alan, your brother, with a BB gun in the in stomach. The stomach. Right? Yeah. In the stomach. He wasn't. Didn't put his. Didn't put your eye out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put your eye out. Did, didn't do that. Shot him in the stomach. I, I'm not sure who. I'm not sure who told him. Whether Alan told the neighbor. I don't think he would have done that. Right. I think I think the kid That's actually went and style. said, "No, it's not his stuff." <laughs> I think he went and said, "Oh, I I heard Alan. I shot him in the stomach with a BB gun. He took the gun and took it out over a fence post and smashed it to smithereens on this fence post." The kid went in the house. Didn't seem to. He's grown up. No, it was that bad. <laughs> not that bad. Kid spent a good time in what would now be called a timeout. <laughs> really he's probably getting his ass kicked all over the house yeah here's your time out here's your time i got your time out right here <laughs> time yeah, that, pretty was, severe. Yeah, that, that's true that's true story that's and that's after <clears throat> that's after we moved down we moved back to the farm in 71 just your mother and i we got married moved to york stayed there for two years and my mom and dad moved out to north carolina so the last five years five years six years five years your mom and I ran the game farm by ourselves. Wow! So that was a different generation running. Did mom? Did mom do the same yep. same thing as uh, yep. clean birds, cleaning birds, clean birds, cooking breakfast, cooked, for the, cooked making cooked vegetable sandwiches. soup? She still makes the best vegetable soup in three states. <laughs> uh, sandwiches, coffee. There was always something there to eat. Apple pie. Oh. She got the recipe from my mother's homemade apple pie, made apple pies. But that was after we after we had what would hell have been. I was 69, seven years old, eight years old when that happened, when he got shot with a BB gun. So it was, it was after we, between 71 and 77, we left the farm in 77. 
So I uh, moved back there in 71 from York. That, that's definitely a true story. That is, I watched him do it. I mean, we weren't going weren't gonna to make a big deal out of it because he was shot in the stomach. It was a nice red welt. <laughs> you weren't going to make a big deal but, out of it? Well, you know, I mean, kids are kids, you know. <laughs> Hell, I had loaded guns pointed at me when I was a kid. <laughs> that's a story for another time, I think. That's okay. A, that's a story for another time. But, you know, we weren't going to make a... They were good friends. Right. The neighbors were good friends. And, you know, out in the, out in the farm sometimes, you need good friends. You know, you need people with tractors with snowplows on them. <laughs> <laughs> and you need people that actually a, have milk right there at their hands, you know. Right. So, you know, you didn't no, you didn't make a big deal about stuff. You know, this was not this was not today. Definitely not today. I guess not. I mean, you'll, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's not me. Right. That's not me. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't anybody then. But he just smashed it on the smithereens. It was ugly. I mean, we used to do it with air rifles when there was mud on the ground. You stick the air rifle down in the mud. And shoot somebody across the across the yard with it, with a clot of mud. You know? <laughs> it's not like a BB or a thirty oh six, right? But no, it's a, no. but it's a. That's good, clean, safe. Yeah, good, fun. clean, good, clean, fun. Oh yeah, we're lucky. We're any of us are alive. <laughs> we're lucky any of us are alive. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you didn't want to talk all about this. So no, actually, this this was absolutely nothing that I had planned or prepared. For the, for the podcast, okay, but it's been awesome. Okay, you can cut awesome. it all. You can cut it all. No, yeah, let's start over. Welcome to Mom Fears My Podcast. No, but it's great. I mean, it's one of the things that... I, talking about the game farm is always something that I've wanted to talk about for the podcast, just so I could hear more about it and have an archive of it and all that good stuff. But no, that wasn't what I planned at all, but that's fine. We can talk about this next time. Didn't mean to go on, but there is quite a few good stories. No, quite a few good stories about it's that. Fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. I miss it. I don't dismiss it because it would have been worth a lot of money by now. But there's certainly that. Yeah. You know, sold the farm for... Uh, after the electric company took them, whatever they bought, there was 80, 86 or 90 acres left, something like that. Whatever they bought, they, they had title to. I don't remember. I was too young. But whatever they had, they had title to. Um, my father ended up selling it for $200,000. Oh, Wow. Sound like a lot of money in 1977. Well, yeah. You know, today eh, had road frontage on three on three roads, half a mile of road frontage in the back, almost quarter mile across the front, another road yet down the side. Can't even tell you how big that was, but there's a lot of good ground there. Hold on, I just looked up uh, an inflation counter. Uh, Two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars. I will punch you. I will punch you right in the face. <laughs> in 1977, would cost seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars in 2014. Seven seventy four thirty six. Well, I may be, I may be wrong about the price. He may have gotten less than. I could. I probably still have the records. Actually, I'll check for next time. How about that? All right. But now it's time for Dad Fears My Trivia. Oh, no. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> How many it... green Chinese pots in a dozen? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week, I said I said you were going to play for a lucky podcast listener oh, okay. every week. And, oh, uh, him again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if I, I will send the winner something from my house, some item. I'm sure it's not going to be anything spectacular. Um, and the more you get right, the better the item will be, but it still probably won't be great even if you get all 10 of them right. Oh, okay. So what I decided was for the six podcast listeners that we had, yes. I assigned, <laughs> I assigned one person to each number 
and I'll roll a die. So let me pull up my little cheat sheet. Okay. So we'll see. All right. It's wow, a two. you really got a die. I do. I always have a die. Okay. <laughs> two is. It's got to be rigged. It's Elena. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so you'll be playing for Elena, my sister, your daughter, wow. to receive a prize. Something pulled randomly from six my house. listeners, really? Six <laughs> listeners <laughs> of the people that gave me feedback on the first episode. Oh, right? okay. Um, I get more feedback at work. <laughs> yes, well, that's that's yeah. totally possible. Okay. Um, I okay. I didn't count my wife because there's no point in taking oh, okay. something from the house and then just handing. Here you go, Katie. Yeah, there's okay. there's a magic card for you. Have a thing, yes. Um, so, are you ready? Yeah. All right. I got some good ones. Oh boy. So number one, ten questions. By the way, what year? Did Elvis Presley die? Same year, nineteen seventy-seven. That's correct. Yeah, same year. That's correct. That was I. I was thinking about this question the whole time you were talking yeah. about selling it. Um, okay, very August. good. Uh, question number two: mm-hmm. Who said "Vini, vidi, vici"? I came, I saw, I conquered. I'm going to say Julius Caesar. Correct. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, Good yeah. job. Wow, you're you're doing great. Um, <laughs> I'm going good. Okay. Okay. Question number three. In shortened text speak. Oh come on. What does JK stand for? <laughs> Just kidding. Yes! Hey! That's three! Very good. I'm going to start texting. I'm... <laughs> then I will have seen everything. Yeah, you will. Uh, very good. Good job. I didn't, I didn't expect didn't that. Didn't expect that. Huh? Did not expect okay. that to be right. Okay. Um, I didn't give you enough credit. I'm terribly sorry. Um, question number four. Yes. What do the opposite sides of a six-sided die add up to? Seven. Correct! Very good. Seven. Always seven. Yeah. It's, it's always seven, no Where's matter what. Die? Yeah, okay. uh, no, I took it back. Oh, so okay. There was no cheating. No cheating. Question number five. What is Paul McCartney's middle name? Wow. Here's your Beatles trivia for this yeah, yeah, month. Thanks. month yeah. This month. I don't know. I must have known. I think I knew this at one time. Oh, it is Paul. Paul. This is his middle name, man. Yeah. It is James Paul McCartney. Okay. That's all right. One wrong. Hey, four and one. That's not bad so far. Halfway through. Okay. Number six. In Star Wars, what is the Emperor's last name? <laughs> he's got a last name? He does. Penguin. No, Emperor Penguin. No, he's not. <laughs> um, uh, give me his first name. <laughs> Maybe I know. I, I don't know. Oh, I stumped him. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Emperor's last name. No, don't have that one. Don't have that one. It's Palpatine. You're right. I didn't have that one. I I was absolutely right. That's all right. That's all right. All right. Number seven. What does sonar stand for? I don't know. The R is radar. I don't know what the rest of it is. I don't know what the rest of it is. Okay. It is sound, navigation, and ranging. Ranging. Oh, okay. They don't actually say that it stands for that anymore, but okay. that's originally where the where the name Sound came from. Sound what? Sound navigation, navigation and ranging. Okay. Yeah, the SO is wow. the SO. That was SOB. That was <laughs> <laughs> number eight. To take advantage of Technicolor, 
the makers of the Wizard of Oz movie made Dorothy's slippers ruby instead of what color from the original novel? Oh, that's a weird question. <laughs> it is. Little little bit of classic movie trivia. They were probably black. No. No, no they were silver. They were silver slippers. Okay. It's all right. Good guess yeah, though. Yeah. They did belong to the witch. That was good. That was good thinking. I watched be, it. I watched it work yeah, in your head. It had to be black or white or gray. That's right. So exactly. we'll go with gray and call it silver. All right. Number nine. Uh, really going downhill at this point. Oh yeah. No. You started yeah, off know, strong. Yeah, I, okay. know, I said strong. Number nine. You what? Up stupid. <laughs> stupid questions. What was the name? Polymer. What? Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> Polymer. I I guarantee. We can't we can't talk to mom about it because the day we finally have her on as a guest, that's the one question I'll give her, and I, oh. bet, I bet she knows it. You do? I do. Okay. Only because okay. she was the person. Do I get something from your house if she doesn't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. She was like the one person that I could talk to nonstop about Star Wars as a kid, so she knows probably everything I know about Star Wars, which is a lot. Palpatine. I'm, except now I don't know what his first name is, so I'm going to find out. Uh, Ralph. Ralph Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Senator. Senator. That's more like attorney at law. Yeah. Um, okay, number nine. What famous colloquialism has multiple speculated origins, including a long jump record, a three-masted ship at full sail, and the length of an aircraft machine gun belt? The whole nine yards. Correct! Give him the whole nine yards. Yes! <laughs> All right, number ten. Whew. Last one. Whew. That was good. That was okay. a good way to bring it back. Yeah. Number 10. In their hit song, who said, I've got my mind on my money and my money on my mind? <laughs> mind on my money and my money on my mind. I'm doing the whole song. I'm doing the whole song in my head. <laughs> Please do. I don't know. I don't know who. Do you want to guess? Yeah. The Beatles and money. <laughs> <laughs> Song I would love to hear the Beatles do this song. It was Probably Snoop Dogg. Oh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah. Snoop Dogg. Oh, God. From Gin and Juice. Oh, I had that. The right on the tip of my tongue. Rolling down. That was the my street. next guess. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. And you, mista- you mistakenly called that a song. <laughs> oh, harsh. Mm. That was a good one. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> And that concludes Dad Fears My Trivia. Oh. God. Nice. Not bad. Let I must see. have got like seven. Six, yeah, one, two, six th- maybe. One, two, three, four, five. Pokertude. I missed him. You got five. <laughs> you missed Polymer. 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 Walt. Walt Polymer. <laughs> Darth Lewan. <laughs> I got more than five. No. Well, let's well maybe I did. It's possible. Oh, well, put it down. <laughs> I did. Put it down. All right. That was fun. So you got to listen to the first episode of yes, the podcast. Yes, you did. got to listen to it. Yes. What did you think? It was really interesting to me. But <laughs> and it was probably interesting to you. I it, absolutely, yeah. it was. World news, it wasn't. No. It was not world news. <laughs> so, did, so. It, did, you, did it sound like I was making fun of you at all? Only most of the time. Okay. No. No, I was, no, I was cool with it. I was cool with it. Good. Good, I'm glad. Because I had a good time. Okay, I, well, I had a good time, too. I liked listening to I it. I chuckled. I chuckled a couple of places. <laughs> no, it was, it was fine. It was fine. I uh, no, I didn't feel like you were running me down or anything. Good worm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to listen to this. Actually, I realized um, 
last time on my way home that I can plug the output of this right. into my stereo. Right. So I listened to the podcast immediately after we finished oh, recording really? it last okay. time on the way home, wow. on the ride home. Um, and it was great. And it was a lot of fun. And uh, and I think that's it for Mom Fears My Podcast this month, okay. which was which was great. All right. And, and I, I already can't wait to do it again see next again, month. See you again soon. <laughs> we'll see you again soon. Thanks, Dad. That's quite all right. Good night, everyone. Anyone, I should say. Good night, anyone. Hello, hello. And Lena, I'll give you, um, I'll give you something from my house next time I see you. Cobweb. <laughs> Mind on my money and my money on my mind.